When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. I'm picking against the Giants. Oh, my God. I'm picking against the Giants. You can't do that. You've been killing me on Cousins every single... Matter of fact, do you know when they were killing Minnesota? Mm -hmm. uh, So when Minnesota was getting killed, and this is on uh, New Year's Day, Mm -hmm. against Green Bay. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll give you one guess. Who called me mm. at 545 mm. in the afternoon mm. when I'm sitting here watching all the other games, mm. hitting my rear end off? Who calls me? This man. This right man, here. This man here? Killing me on Cousins. Now you're going to pick for him? Hey. That's not fair. Hitting <laughs> my rear end off. Hitting my rear end man. off. Oh, my God. Cousins. Cousins. Doggy, man. I love the He's doggy. The I'm sorry. It just works so well. Stephen A's like laughing too. Like Stephen A just works so well. And now Frances is all jealous because the dog is on ESPN all the time. Um, All right. As the, as the world debates cousins or Daniel Jones and, and the world really debates more based on the data here, how much money they want to bet on the giants, not whether they will. We sit here. Daily Vikings entertainment on purple daily, just kind of plugging along, giving you, um, Information leading up to the game here in the state of uh, state of the offense today, gentlemen, four categories, which we'll get to that kind of touch on some different end of the season themes and look ahead to this game themes. But this is daily Vikings entertainment. We just want the Vikes to win a Super Bowl at some point before we die. That's uh, that's the mission statement around here. It's the only thing they've yet to accomplish really as a franchise. And we appreciate you guys for making this podcast purple daily one of the most popular football podcasts in America in 2022. So thank you so much, whether you consume on YouTube or whether you consume on Apple or Spotify or scorner.com, the app, um, it, it all counts the same for us, and we appreciate it. The show is presented by our friends at TCL. Redefine creativity with the TCL 30V 5G smartphone. Enjoy blazing fast 5G speed, an AI-powered 50-megapixel triple camera system, ultra-realistic true-to-life visuals, Powered by Next Vision and booming sound from the dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com and the official craft beer of Purple Daily, which is Surly Brewing Company, Judd. Yep. And as the game nears, guess what? You're going to want to have your fridge stocked with Surly's to either celebrate a playoff victory or perhaps drown your sorrows. But either way, Surly is the team, it's the beer that offers you so many fantastic options. We've got Axeman, we've got Furious, Before I Die, which is the entire mission. Um, um, 
logic bomb. I could go on and on, but I won't. I'll just, just say head to your head to your local liquor store and find your surly for the weekend. And then as always, show us your cans on Twitter. I'm at Jay Zolgad or at Score North. We always love to see you sipping on a can of surly. Hopefully it's a celebratory can of surly on Sunday. Oh. Declan, how do you feel about the self-restraint there from Judd not deciding not to go on and on? Yeah, I, I was very impressed. I thought we were going to continue keep, keep going, all this stuff. Great Surly Brewing up. Company. Then Surly Dave. We got the tap love, room. We got all this. I love to talk about Surly. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> love our sponsors. Yep. They're amazing. We appreciate you supporting our sponsors. All right. Um, state of the offense. Let's just get right into it here. because there's And Declan also has a twist later on on Random Viking of the Week that we don't really know anything about. We're going to find out all together here. Mm-hmm. But the state of the offense, we'll start with the overall snapshot. The Vikings finished the regular season eighth in points per game, 11th in yards per play, but ninth or seventh somewhere in there in total yards. They just they ran more plays than some other teams. Mm-hmm. So eighth in points per game, 11th in yards per play, 20th in DVOA, Football Outsiders, analytical, and 18th in expected points added. So that's that's the story of their season, right? Their process looks flawed. It's not sustainable. And yet after four months of football, they were a top 10 scoring offense. For That's the highest they've ranked in a long... I don't think they were ever as high as eighth under Mike Zimmer. They might have sniffed ninth one time, somewhere in that range. 2017, I think they were in the top 10, correct? Like I think ninth, that might be the maybe. last time. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And before that, I think you got to go back to like 2009, yeah. the last time they were... A, a top five offense. So it's been been a while since we saw offense like this around these parts. So I would like to see more consistency for sure. Like there, again, this entire team put together just a few complete games, which they didn't do uh, consistently on both sides of the ball. Certainly the defense is a different story. Uh, but I would say that like, if you were to, if you were to really dig down into what this offense did and did not do, the only, I think the only thing I would call a major disappointment is the run game like they were what in total yards there 28th oh yeah. it was bad it was bad yeah yep. that's really bad but like when we're taught i i think that we sat here on this show when o'connell got the job and basically said you need to become a top 10 scoring offense ideally top five but i think our mandate was if you're going to be like a playoff team top 10 and they did so the process can be improved the process might be flawed but all of that being said, the most important statistic is, do you score? The Vikings didn't score consistently, but they did score. So so in some ways, for year one, with personnel that certainly was not all uh, KOCs, I think it's mostly a win. Yeah, mostly I agree. If you, if, if you would have told me, just you know, forget about the analytics for a second, just said, hey, they're going to they're gonna play 17 games, and they will have the eighth highest scoring offense in the NFL, I would say. Okay, sign me up. That's fine. I didn't think they were going to have this bad of defense, but um, and I'm, I'm I've got a nugget for you on that, courtesy of uh, one of uh, one of our listeners. But let's start with the first category here, and it's going to be I, I wanted to try and find something that encapsulated Cousins and what he's about to face against the Giants for the second time, which is the highest blitz rate in the NFL, and. In my research for this, it sort of turned into a, huh, that's an interesting group to be a part of if you're looking for this team to win a Super Bowl. So let me lay this out for you guys. So the category is 
Cousins against the Giants blitzes, but it morphs into something else. So the Giants and Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, are the most blitz-happy team in the NFL by a mile. They blitz on like 40% of dropbacks. The next closest team is like 33%. So they, they're they sending everybody. And uh, our guy Alex Boone did a great job of kind of breaking down some of the exotic blitz, blitz looks that they show you on the Trenches episode this morning, so check that out. But the problem with the Giants' blitzes is it doesn't necessarily lead to a ton of effectiveness. Like, they they don't generate a ton of turnovers. They don't – they get some sacks, but they're kind of mid-pack in sacks. Um, so they're, they're sending a lot of guys, but they're not always terrorizing offenses, which leaves openings down the field to make plays, yep. which is exactly what Cousins did in their first meeting. He got blitzed a ton, but in that first meeting, he threw for 171 yards two touchdowns and no interceptions on just the plays he was blitzed on. Mm-hmm. So now there's going to be adjustments and counters and whatever to what happened in that first game. But I would look at that and say, okay, bring on the Giants blitzing. The Vikings seem to handle it fairly well. Now, I think they also had Brian O'Neill played in that game, and he's not going to play in this game. So that's that's something. But for Cousins to throw for a buck seventy-one, two touchdowns, no picks on just the blitzes in that first matchup makes me think, okay, they can handle it. So the Giants' defense, too. Um, first of all, I think what they do, because if you look at, at their total defensive stats, they're not that great. They were twenty-fifth in total defense, giving up three hundred fifty-eight point two yards per game in scoring defense. Now the Vikings were terrible. 30th. The Giants were tied for 17th with Green Bay, 21.8 points per, per game. Uh, I would compare, I think this game is going to come remarkably close in some ways, but Cousins is a far more effective and better quarterback to, if you guys recall, the 2007 first round playoff game here against Philadelphia, uh, Childress's first team to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that so, so Tavares Jackson came back late in that year to start at quarterback. And in the regular season finale here, they played, the Vikings played the Giants. And Steve Spagnola blitzed Tavares, same thing, exotic blitzes. So, like, just to create confusion. And I watched that game and I thought, are they really going to start Tavares against Philly? Because Jim Johnson, who's now deceased, but he was the D.C. and Spagnola was a disciple of his. And they did start Tavares, and Jim Johnson sent blitzes, blitz after blitz after blitz. He threw that and just really bad pick six Asante right away. Samuel, yeah. Exactly. And so I think that that's the basis of these ideas on blitzing. So this is where Kirk, this is where it is on Kirk. Because if Kirk can defeat the blitzes, because to your point, Phil, it's not like it's the steel curtain. It's not like, oh, my God, we what no. are we going to, to do? It is this. We're going to make your life difficult, but if you can decipher that and beat us, you're going to have a very good chance to win. And so that's where there's a cat and mouse game that I think if you're the Vikings is ultimately a winnable cat and mouse. And they will, and and the giants will not shy away from blitz. And they're not going to look and say, well, cousins lit up, lit up our blitzes last time around. They're going to look at the whole season cousins against the blitz, which was he's, he was really bad against the blitz overall, except for that game. So he went when he was blitzed this season, he ranked 34th in passer rating, 35th in yards per attempt, 37th in completion percentage. 
and had the fifth most turnover-worthy plays. So you'd, you'd look at that and say, well, let's let's try it again if you're the Giants and see if he makes some, some bad passes or panics or whatever. But the flip side of this, and this is where this research I was doing kind of took a turn for the better if you're a Vikings fan. Cousins, when he's pressured, blitzing and pressure aren't the same thing. You can blitz and not get home. You can blitz and it doesn't actually equate to pressure. Yep. And you can rush four and it does equate to pressure. So blitzing and pressure, they have a, they, there's probably an overlap in Venn diagram, but mm-hmm. when Cousins is blitzed, he's bad. But oddly, when Cousins is pressured, he was pretty great this season. So he was sixth in passer rating when pressured. He was 10th in completion percentage when pressured, and he was second in yards per attempt when pressured. And uh, I remember at the end of last season, one of the biggest conversations we had throughout once Kevin O'Connell got hired and he talked about playing with a quiet mind, right? And we must have cited this a million times between like January and training camp that the two best quarterbacks in the NFL in 2021, yards per attempt against pressure, were Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, the two quarterbacks that faced each other in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You have to, it's not about just putting up stats. You have to be good to great when the, when the opposing defenses are barreling down on you, right? So again, 2021, the two best quarterbacks against pressure, yards per attempt being the measurement, were Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford played each other in the Super Bowl. Cousins was 32nd. In 2021, in that category, 32nd. Yep. This year, like I just said, he ranked second in yards per attempt against pressure behind only Josh Allen. So if last year, if, if the number one and number two guys was a Super Bowl preview, which it turned out to be, kind of interesting that Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins are the number one and number two on that list. Yeah. And that's a credit to, to Kirk as well, obviously, but it's also a credit to KOC, who's done yeah. a magnificent job of finding ways to to both quiet Kirk's mind and also create options, right? Like, clearly, they they watch film. They talk about things that weren't previously discussed uh, by Kirk and Zim or Kirk, who, who knows, and Kubiak. But, Phil, this is also where I, I think um, from what you talked about uh, that Boone discussed on the trenches, this is also why I don't think, and I'm I'm not just trying to be um, a smart ass here by saying, I think that the idea of 13 personnel, one running back and three tights actually works at times. Because think about this. <laughs> but I mean, think, but I mean, think about this from <laughs> for Kirk, okay? 13. 13 personnel. 13 but, personnel. But right now, football people are saying, are you crazy? 13 personnel, that takes wide receivers off the field. This is a high-flying uh, team that loves that loves 11 personnel. What are you talking about? And here's what I think the difference is. If you go 13 personnel at times, first of all, that's a look the Giants have not seen. Like the Vikings did not, for the most part, do that much, if at all. Second of all, Irv Smith is not great, but he's not he's not terrible, and he and he fits the mold of Hawkinson a little bit more. The Hawks better, but he fits that mold. Yeah. Now, if you have a tight end lined up by Johnny Munt to also chip. Or I, I'm sorry, if Munt is lined up by the right tackle, Oliudo to chip. Think about this. Would you rather have potentially packages that deploy Jefferson, Hawkinson, and Smith, or Jefferson and Thielen? And I'm not saying I wouldn't play 
Thielen. I would. Oh, look at you. You're but, benching. You're but, benching. Thielen. But I'm saying no. He's I'm benching Thielen. I'm not benching him. I'm you're just benching saying. Him. I'm just saying. Think about the mobility there, because really, what you're talking about is Thielen is not really doesn't have more moves, unfortunately, because of, of his either age or just the fact that he's currently hurt worse than we know. But Hawkinson and Smith probably have more mobility to run after the catch. So now if I just chipped a guy coming off the left end and I can get two guys into into patterns and the Giants haven't seen this look and Kirk loves to throw to those guys, it just makes a ton of sense to alleviate the pressure as quickly as possible. Yeah. I could see. I, th- I think they're going to throw some weird stuff. And plus, like these two teams just played each other in a close, hard-fought game. You got to throw something different. Yep. And you and you did win the game, but you know there's got to be another curveball here. I, I asked Boone this on the trenches episode too. Okay, do you go into this? What do you expect the Giants to do defensively to counter what worked for you the first time around? T.J. Hawkinson caught 13 passes in that game. Jefferson caught 12, but. He catches 12. It wasn't like, a, oh, my God, he caught 12 passes. He, he caught 12 passes in every game. So Hawkinson caught 13, which was a career high. Do you go in expecting the Giants to just, hey, that's, that's going to be half of our focus, is not letting that happen again? Or do you just say, well, it worked last time, so until they can prove they can stop TJ Hawkinson, we're going to keep forcing the ball to TJ Hawkinson? Where do, where do you land on that chess match? Do you anticipate? what they might do to adjust, or do you just keep doing what was working a month ago, three weeks ago? That's right. Like smarter people than me who actually work in the looks. NFL have to figure out what to do. You got to change up the looks. Like you got to give them, uh, you, you still want Hawkinson to play a key role, but you got to give them things they haven't seen. Yeah. I love this. this and that's great. where Irv Smith Fourth is a curveball. Again, I'm not, I am, I'm not on that train now. I'm not saying bring Irv Smith back. I still think he's great. But I think that he is a curveball that can be a flight in the ointment, and the Giants can't prepare for things that they have not seen. Yeah. What a first category right there. You get into the Ooh. adjustments the Vikings can make. Week. Kirk Cousins, much better against pressure this year, playing with a more quiet mind, which is what Kevin O'Connell talked about. Mm-hmm. Category number two. This one comes in from uh, one of our uh, cousin, crazy Canadian cousins crusaders, Brent, emailed into the show. And uh, the category is going to be, I guess it, I, I was going to say it's sort of a historical achievement. I'm going to say, could it be a preview of what's to come in a month? That's the name of this category. Judd, you already know the answer to this because you were on the email chain. But I'm going to ask uh, Declan, mm-hmm. over the last 20 years, only two teams with bottom five scoring defenses. Mm-hmm. 20 years, over the last 20 years, only two teams with bottom five scoring defenses have made the playoffs. This year's Vikings. Three three guesses as to who the other one was. It's not a Vikings team. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with 2012 Ravens. It's a good guess. Their defense was was pretty darn good. Um, you're close in that the team that I'm going to give you did make the Super Bowl. Okay. 2007 Giants? Sniffing around. He's sniffing around. Got one more guess. Okay, okay, okay. Unleash it, baby. Sniffing around. Unleash it. Uh, Packers defense was good. Um, hold on. They made the Super Bowl, so. Sniff, sniff. 
Oh, uh, wasn't it a Patriots team? Wasn't one of the Patriots was, teams not good? It was. It was not. They had. They had, mostly had good defenses. It was the 2008 Arizona Cardinals. Oh, okay. Actually, whatever. I wouldn't make sense. Either, but yeah, so. okay. And and there are some really interesting parallels here. So first of all, like congrats to the Vikings offense, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Kevin O'Connell for overcoming one of the five worst scoring defenses in the league. It doesn't happen often twice in the last 20 years that uh, that you can even make the playoffs giving up that many points. But the 2008 Cardinals who went 9 and 7, they had the veteran rock solid pocket passer quarterback eventually became a Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. You had the young, unstoppable star-wide receiver in Larry Fitzgerald. He was like 25 years old that season. They absorbed multiple blowouts in the regular season in 2008. They lost. If you think the the Vikings are frauds, they kept getting blown out. The 2008 Cardinals lost 56-35 to to the Jets that year, 48-20 to to the Eagles, 35 to 14 to the Vikings. That was the game where didn't T-Jack come back and throw a bunch oh, of touchdowns yeah. against the Cardinals? Uh, they had just clinched. Yeah. Yeah. They had just the Cardinals clinched, had clinched. And the Cardinals were drunk and high all week. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then they lost 47 to 7 to the Patriots. Two of those games, one of them, they weren't really playing anyone, but uh, two of those games were in December, by the way. So they just got drubbed like four different times. They dust themselves off. Home game because they did they won their division at nine and seven. So they play a home game wild card weekend. They win that game, build some confidence, and then boom, all of a sudden score thirty points, thirty more points, get the ball rolling, and they wind up making the super they had a they had a lead in the second half of that Super Bowl too. And that yeah. was the uh the Great Steelers came up. Yep. Yeah. So and just and the other parallel too, that season in the NFC, two thousand eight, there wasn't really a juggernaut team in the NFC. There was the uh, Eli Manning Giants coming off of the Super Bowl win from 2007. And they were good, but not like an elite team. And then the other uh, top seed, the other bye team, was the Jake Delhomme Panthers. Those teams were 12-4. and four. <laughs> So it's a little bit like this year where you got, you know, Tom Brady's lurking there, but he's 45 years old. Yeah. And the Eagles have not been the same team the last month. The Cowboys put up clunkers. So it's kind of a wide open. I just, I saw, I saw so many parallels between the 08 Cardinals, and the 2022 no. Vikings. It's, it's a really interesting nugget. Do you see a parallel in quarterbacks? I mean, kind that's, of. Kind you know, of. Because that's kind the key of, yeah. thing then, right? I mean, Kurt, the difference, obviously, is Kurt Warner was yeah. given a couple of really good cars to drive, and he yeah. bleeping drove them. Yeah. Well, like, and drove them to the Super Bowl. And What's funny is, uh, in, in Cousins' defense, Warner looked to be toast because mm-hmm. he went from the Rams to the Giants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember he played a game at, at Lambeau Field with the Giants that I covered, and it looked like it was over. It looked like it was done. So, like, that was not the same guy from the, the Rams. To his credit, came back and played great. But there were a lot of people, I think, that when when Warner went to the Cardinals, who sort of thought, eh, I don't know. So He wasn't even that yeah. effective when he first – I mean, he was bad with Matt Leinert to be the starting yeah. guy before he really took it by the reins and took things over. So, yeah, it took him a little yeah. bit even like a year or two into Arizona to get comfortable and be Kurt Warner again. So that's kind of – now that, that Cardinals team, it's funny. They actually had 3,000-yard receivers on that team. Mm-hmm. Fitzy Bolden, Anquan Bolden. And Steve Breston, I think. Steve Breston. 
Great, was the third. great fantasy, got, great fantasy would, flex uh, option in Steve Breston. That was a late <laughs> round, just great pick. But but at the end of the year, he ha- he had about the same yardage total. He just distributed it to three guys exclusively. Whereas the Vikings have their three yeah. receivers. They have Hawkinson and some other guys catching the ball too. Mm-hmm. So, and were the 2008 Cardinals frauds? Well, no, because their record was what it was supposed to be. They were a nine and seven team with some flaws. That thing got hot in the playoffs and went to the Super Bowl. And that's where, like, Judd, you've been making this point. If the Vikings, instead of being a 13-win team, if they were like a 10 or 11-win team where they're more supposed to be, people would talk about them differently going into these playoffs. Yes. So if if the Giants had won 13 games, would they be called frauds? If they had the if they had a like, oh, like an, if they had a point differential, wins. yeah. If they had a minus yeah, six so, point differential, which is but what I think they they're have. minus, yeah. So I yes, I think what this comes down to going back in, in our conversations about this conference for months now, you know, I think that you're exactly right. It's wide open. Philadelphia with Hertz back might be good, um, but you know, I mean, San Francisco, I love them. They have but a third-string quarterback. Brock Purdy's playing quarterback for him. So, like, I can't be like, oh, my God, no one's going to beat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? That dude could choke I know. against Seattle. Yeah, like, we have an, no idea. It's an amazing idea. team. The, their coach could choke. That's Keep in mind, Kyle Shanahan is excellent. But Kyle Shanahan also was the offensive coordinator, right, for that Falcons team that could not score in yes. the second half of a Super Bowl. Exactly. So, like, so, that's, that's the thing to me is, is – Success in this conference this season, to me, is about taking advantage of opportunity, too. Uh, the Niners also choked away yeah. a double-digit yeah. lead in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl. That's twice. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, twice. that's true, though. Again, they're probably the favorites to come out. No one, no one is saying, you know, that because, and for those reasons, the Vikings are <laughs> favorites. They're not favorites, but no. people, the, people need to course-correct the well, narrative a little bit here. And let's not forget, Brock Purdy, it's not like, well, he's a young quarterback, but they took him third overall. He is the last pick in a draft. <laughs> Mr. Like the pressure, like the pressure now is going to be immense. Yeah. Is he the best Mr. Irrelevant ever? No, uh, probably. Yeah. Brady was 199, right? So, and what, what is yeah, it? He was Purdy sixth was, round, um, right? Seventh round. Last yeah. Pick yeah I'm talking like the round. last pick. Is, I would is say Mr. he already qualifies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. We have two more categories. We have a random Viking. So we're going to, we're going to keep the show moving here, but that's a really interesting just a really interesting nugget from uh, from Brent there. Uh, a shout-out to our friends over at Finch Home Solutions for helping bumbling guys like us not get electrocuted in our homes. That's right. And guess what? When it comes to the electronical fixes around your home, DIY, not smart. Like if you're installing a door or something, knock yourself out. That's fine. But it takes only one call to Finch to get any electrical issues in your home uh, solved. This is the time of year when you want to get your uh, smoke and carbon monoxide detectors w- working properly. Finch can uh, take care of that. Space he- space heat heaters are also an option here because they become an issue. They put a strain on the wiring in your home. Don't leave things to chance. Finch actually has same day and emergency services available to help at, at any hour. They can handle your projects big or small. Call them, 612-357-2604, or visit finchhomesolutions.com, 612-357-2604, finchhomesolutions.com. They have deals right now if you tell them that you heard about Finch on Score North. 
Uh, also, there's a project that could be very beneficial for sports fans around the state of Minnesota who are looking for maybe a more convenient way to travel up and down 35W, especially during winter months where it's much more dangerous. The Northern Lights Express is a proposed passenger train between the Twin Cities and Duluth. Four round trips proposed each day with stops in Coon Rapids, Cambridge, Hinkley, and Superior, Wisconsin, also all the way down to the airport um, for for airport travelers. And um, if you want to find out more information about where this thing is at, it's it's considered very shovel-ready. And the next step is just securing a funding commitment from the Minnesota legislature. Find more and contact your local Congress member at northernlightsexpress.org. That's northernlightsexpress.org. And stay tuned after this episode for more information about said project. Football. All right. Category number three here, State of the Vikings offense. KOC differences or the KOC difference, if you yeah. will. I want to present to you guys a few of the the biggest differences in trends between last year's Vikings offense and this year's Vikings offense. Let's start with fourth quarter overtime expected points added. Last year, the Vikings were 16th. This year, they were second. Fourth quarter overtime expected points added. 16th last year, second this year under Kevin O'Connell. Last year, the Vikings ran the ball 41% of offensive snaps, which was pretty run heavy. There's no team that runs the ball like 70% of the time anymore. Most teams are more pass happy. But a 41% run rate last year, 36% run rate this year, which I think was among the lowest. Uh, 111 penalties for the Vikings last year. Only 88 penalties for the Vikings this year. Huge. That's, that's what, like a... Penalty and a half per game taken off the board. So important. Mm -hmm. On third down, the Vikings were 26th last year, 12th this year. Looking for reasons. Well, how did the Vikings pull out so many wins, even though they didn't blow anyone out? They took way fewer penalties. They were better situationally in the fourth quarter and on third down. And uh, I'll give you one more here. Last year, the Vikings made 53 trips into the red zone. This year, they made 64 trips into the red zone. So almost one extra red zone trip mm-hmm. per game this year compared to last year, the KOC difference. And that's how, to your point, Phil, you win close games. Yeah. Like that's the thing. If you look at, at some of these uh, statistics and trends, it's not hard to, to see because the interesting thing is this is largely as far as, as the potential for one score wins go the same team. Six and eight last year. Oh, my God, they can't win. If if they had only won all of those one-score games, they, they would have won 15 games. 11-0 in one-score games this year. Um, that's not a fluke. Again, yeah. the sample size is too large. And so, yes, if you look at if you look at something as seemingly small, but it's not penalties taken, are you basically shooting yourself in the foot? The 2021 team absolutely did. Like, think about all the, the times, and it feels like a ton, that they got into the red zone last year. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think we dad. lost him. The sports dad. We'll put him in timeout there. It's, ac- um, it's actually a good point, too, because I was looking at this just situationally this season, and the Vikings in the red zone have been – very dominant. They've actually been eighth in red zone percentage this season in terms of touchdowns that have resulted in red zone trips. So they've mm-hmm. done a great job there. And even 
again, the situationally, like their 12th and third down rate, which is, is it great? No, but that, that is still, you're getting better than league average converting on your third down, which is huge too. So the situational things, those are the things where you can look at the 2021 Vikings and 2022 Vikings with the points allowed and point scores. It's the yes. same team, but then, all right, let's parse through the penalties, the situational, the fourth quarter, the clutch factor. And then you see the big differences there. And then you can say, okay, that is something that was maybe not sustainable year in, year out, but that is a big reason why you won five more games than you did the year before. Yeah, exactly. Like if you went down a list and said, if, if the only thing that you told a Vikings fan at the end of last season was they're not going to know, the only details you're going to give them are, hey, so this team won eight games last year, but next year, here's what's going to happen. They're going to make a huge jump as a fourth quarter offense. They're going to make a huge jump in terms of uh, not taking penalties. They're going to make a huge jump on third down. And they're going to make a huge jump, uh, just effectiveness in the red zone. How do you think the season's going to play out? Yeah. And the defense is going to be pretty much the same. It's not going to be very good. You'd say, well, they're probably going to win more than eight games. Yeah. Again, you might say they'll probably win 10 or 11 games, which is probably what they are. They're like a 10 or 11 win team that kind of lucked their way into, into 13. Um, and then I'll give you uh, Dex while we wait for, I hope Jug gets back before random Viking of the week, because I would hate for, uh, for us to miss out on the, the twist. It's about to mm-hmm. be thrown at us. But the fourth category here in our state of the offense is a question. It's where are the explosive plays of 20 or more yards? So last year, the Vikings had 76 explosive offensive plays. This year, they had 55. I don't have a ranking because they're separated in passing and rushing, so I added these up. But if you go category by category, the Vikings ranked fifth in explosive pass plays last year, actually, mm. and 14th in explosive pass plays this year. Before I get to the rushing, I would say some of that is probably Thielen's drop-off, and some of it's probably just scheme-related. I think it just it took a while. The Vikings have generated more explosive plays in the passing game recently. I think early in the season, you're still trying to feel out scheme. On the rushing side... Last year, the Vikings ranked 7th in explosive rushing plays. This year, 31st. They only yeah. have five runs of 20-plus yards. And I saw something on Twitter yesterday. I can't remember who it was, but it was uh, expected yards over or under mm-hmm. average by running backs, and Dalvin Cook was dead last in the NFL. Yeah. So I think it's hard to, to quantify, too, and hard to just have a running back be relied upon for explosive play rates. Now, Dalvin did have the big explosive play obviously against Buffalo, which basically then kind of catapulted them out of that insanely comeback when that was kind of the turning point when that game basically looked dead. So he deserves credit for that because he literally laid the foundation for that Bills comeback, if you will. But it's hard to just have a running back who has had so many now miles in the tire and rely on him. I mean, like Derrick Henry is the Titans offense, right? Like everything goes through Derrick Henry, especially after Tannehill went down this year and they were going through Josh Dobbs and um, Malik Willis, essentially. So it's hard to have a running back have that insanely explosive play rate. And also, it's kind of hard to have explosive plays when you're not running the ball as much anymore. They were 28th in rushing attempts, too. So yeah, how, how can you really have an, uh, um, a successful amount of home run plays if you're literally running the ball the fourth fewest times in the entire NFL? If we had a pie chart of blame for the lack of, if we want to get really granular, and ha- let's do a pie chart of blame for the lack of explosive runs, I would say... Uh, Dalvin Cook's erosion is probably the biggest chunk. Then there's also sort of just schematically, like you said, they're not running the ball as often, so they're not giving themselves a chance to. And then I think interior offensive line, you got a rookie right guard, right. and 
over the last month and a half, you've been playing backup centers. And now the last couple of weeks, Brian O'Neill has been out. So there's some, some offensive line erosion too, but that, this is the thing. And by the way, I think Judd's back. Am I back? He's yes. back now. Okay. Oh, it's very weird. Swallow the, the, the New York out. media gremlins. The New York media is after me again. And I thought I had some good points. Speaking very of penalties derailing point. offense. I mean, we just had a, we had a, we had a false start there that just derailed a, derailed a play. You know what mm. you got to do? You got to pick up and go though. That's right. Next well, man up. You can go back and you can listen to the third and fourth categories of uh, of the uh, state of the offense on your own time, but I will give you this one that we were just kind of wrapping up this fourth category. Sure. The Vikings only had five explosive run plays all year, which yeah. was 31st in the NFL. And if that's that is probably the we're not quite into the offseason speculation shows yet, but that's one of the first things I would dangle if I'm the front office. I'm Quasi. I'm looking for cap space. I'm looking for. How do I carve out some space to sign some younger, fresher free agents? I'm looking at Dalvin and saying, God, the offensive line wasn't amazing this year, but five explosive run plays, that ain't you, man. That's not, and it's not going to get better. He's he's 27, going to be 28 years old. You know, part of the reason why you pay him is so that he can pop 20-plus yard runs more often. He's got a couple of them, but it just hasn't hasn't been their thing this year. Well, let's talk about Sunday. Let's talk about the run game on Sunday, because I got a okay. stat for you. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So if the Minnesota Vikings are going <laughs> to beat the Giants, here's a guy, Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> the New York Giants defense is giving up 144-plus yards per game, 27th in the league. I would argue the under-the-radar thing on Sunday that's the most important is the Vikings exploit that. Find a way to exploit that. Yeah. And again, 13 personnel, or maybe occasionally 23 personnel. Oh, 23. 23. Let's get it. Now, how about what, how about 33, and you take the quarterback off the field? Just a wishbone? <laughs> yes. You know what Boone is saying, though, about, about Ham, C.J. Ham, actually makes some sense. Mm-hmm. He's reliable. He can block. Um, Dalvin needs help there. So he, he can help to potentially, especially if, if Chris Reed plays, he could potentially open up holes. Like, think about this, okay? But I would argue that one of the most important things is the Vikings cannot dismiss the run game on Sunday. Like, you can't just be like, well, we're not very good there. You need to find a way. I'm not saying to have a huge day, but you need to be representative enough to make that a threat. How do you? I agree. I agree. So there you go. That's all the all the stats you can handle here on the state of the offense episode of Purple Daily. We will get to a random Viking of the week, but just for fun here, I saw this uh, Dan Orlovsky did this exercise on ESPN sometime in the last twenty four hours. Judd, maybe we can just have you do it for time's sake here. Do you want to? Can you rank the fourteen remaining playoff quarterbacks and see where Kirk falls? Sure, I can. Kind of curious where you where you think. He, I have my own in front of me, and I'll. Yeah. I'll con- Compare and contrast okay. it to you and Declan can too. I saw Matt Castle did the same thing for the 33rd team this morning too, which was a very interesting yep. list. I saw CBS Sports did it yesterday and had Love Kirk it. like 10th or 11th. Dude, um, I think uh, Orlovsky had him like 12th or 13th. Yeah. yeah. Like um, all right. I will start at the top here. Obvious one. Patrick Mahomes won. Uh, there will be people that will put Josh Allen too. And I like Josh a lot, but I don't put him too. It's Joe Burrow, right? I put Burrow. Joe Burrow too. too Joe either. Burrow. Joe Burrow has an it factor that extends from Cincinnati to New York to Hawaii. Uh, it's incredible. 
No, seriously. I mean, that dude is a dude. The window um, is my career. It's just, but you know what? He says uh, it, uh, uh. but he says it, and it's not like, what an arrogant SOB. No, it's, it's like, yeah. oh, no, he's right. It's believable. Like, to have, but ha- to have that control of a podium, like that, if you re- if you read that quote, you'd, you'd be like, what What an arrogant. No, it's great. Oh, no. okay. Third, Josh Allen is third. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think, I think right now a lot of people put him second. I put him third. All right, at four it gets a little bit more difficult for me. It gets it starts to get because the first three to me cut and dry, and I'm very comfortable with how I rank them. Number four, I have Jalen Hurts with the multiple things he he brings, and you know, seeing Gardner Minshew start at quarterback, and he's not a guy I hate. I don't love him, but I don't hate him. But the decline in that team was so steep because Hurts brings so many different elements to the to that offense. I put him fourth. I put Justin Herbert fifth. I've got those guys flipped, but I'm not, I wouldn't fight you. Yeah, okay. those are the top five. Yeah, I had I had Hurts fourth. I actually had with assuming that he's healthy, which I don't think he's going to play. But I had Lamar Jackson fifth. Okay. Number oh. six. Number six out of respect because he's and he's still good. Tom Brady. And he's about to end Mike McCarthy's head coaching career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I can't. I don't like that team, but I can't. I can't dismiss him. Number seven, an interesting one, and I think this could cause some debate. Trevor Lawrence. He's a, he's incredible. He although he kind of kind of laid an egg there in that yeah. game against the Titans. They had a, a bunch of chances to to go down and score any points and couldn't do it. I I actually have Cousins here. I have Cousins seventh. This is okay. just like just for the next month. The way that he is operating in this system, the way that he and yes, there's been some duds. The Green Bay game was a dud. Right. Trevor Lawrence has also had some duds. Um, I actually have I have Brady six and I have Cousins seven, just ahead of Lamar Jackson eight, Trevor Lawrence nine. I have those flipped. I have Kirk six, Brady seventh. I know that's crazy, wow. but I I think oh, Brady's wow. done. I think it's it's over. And if he could beat the Cowboys, I wouldn't be shocked. Did you see him a couple dude. weeks ago. I think Mike he, Evans he's definitely caught not three cooked. touchdown he's, passes, and he made some. He's not cooked, but the, I thought uh, the same thing. But he's not a know. he's not a rare blue steak like Dex would use that I usually get at Manny's. This has been left on the grill now. I think a little. T- it's still a good wow. steak. Still a really <laughs> good steak. Be careful yes. until he's out. Yeah. Be careful until exposed. he's really tempting too. Like we haven't seen him. Sure. We haven't seen like the Peyton Manning ball fluttering through the air. Brett Favre throwing nine interceptions. Like we haven't seen that happen to him. Right. Every year he comes back and goes deep, and he's forty-five. Like, do, do you want that to be the way you go out? Is he just throws five interceptions or something? So we'll see. I would hope not. All right, number eight for me, Lamar Jackson. I have Cousins at nine. At ten, Geno Smith. Hmm. Now this might be controversial as well, and he does have eleven turnovers in his past nine games, but I put Smith at. At ten, so I I have Cousins at nine, Geno Smith behind him, but I have Lamar Jackson in front of Kirk Cousins. Okay, yeah, I've got Geno Smith thirteenth. So, okay, yeah. uh, 11, 12, 13, and fourteen for me: Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, yeah. Daniel Jones, yeah. Skylar Thompson, who's yep. going to have to start for the Dolphins. I've got that in that order, but with Geno Smith thirteenth. So Dak, Brock Purdy. Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Skyler Town. Yeah, I'm <laughs> almost the same. Uh, from 10th down, Dak, Purdy, Geno, Daniel Jones, Skyler Thompson. 
The fall of Dak is concerning. It is. Four, 14 picks in the 11 games since he came back. Yeah, and uh, $40-some million a year. This is why no, you got to be careful overpaying for non-elite quarterbacks, teams. Be careful. And then you, and then you can't build the roster around him. So, all right, there's uh, I'm, I the am the guy that hates TV. Kirk today. Not Phil Mackey. <laughs> it's Judd Zolgad who hates Kirk because I put him ninth. Gentlemen, it is, uh, it's about that time for the random Viking right. of the week here on Purple Daily, presented in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their success through risk management tools and resources. It's like having a great offensive line protecting your business. Federated Insurance is here to help you navigate the waters of running a company. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Livia. You know, people are trying to change their lives early in the year. It's January, and Livia can be right at the center of that game plan. That is correct, Phil. In fact, you can become, you, you can go from being sports dad on the left. Yeah, that guy's a little chunky, huh? To sports dad on the, the right, that Ryan Gosling-looking, <laughs> just chiseled man. But I was you know say what? Ryan Reynolds. But yeah, yeah. That, yeah well, you know what? I'll take that. I was joking. Well, Paul Newman? Take, I don't I'll know. I'll take that. Exactly right. Uh and you can have the same exact uh, success as I did, dropping 40 pounds. And here's the most important fact. It is not a diet. It is a weight control center. So it's going to help you keep that weight off. And right now, there is a Judd offer. That's right, Judd offer. If you want to become the guy on the right, just mention me, 50% off the program. So get a start on a new you in the new year, 50% off if you bring up uh, Judd of Score North. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM. L-I-V-E-A.COM. That is your ticket to weight loss. All right. I'm spazzing out here, hitting my microphone. All right. Now it's time for the random Viking of the week here, where, in this case, Declan leads us into a, a battle between me and Judd. That's right. The last handful of random Vikings are Mick Tinglehoff, Michael Floyd, Warren Moon, Ed McDaniel, and Stefan Diggs. Judd has a 43-25 to 25 lead all-time over Declan and myself. We team up and go every other week. So Declan's going to throw out a series of clues, and uh, we get up to three incorrect guesses each, and he has threatened a twist on this edition of Random Viking. So we're going to call a little hot route. A little hot route on Random Viking of the Week. So yes, that, that is our typical formation of Random Viking of the Week, but oh, we're going to start off a little differently this week. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to flash on the video screen for the YouTube audience. Oh, no, don't don't flash. Don't flash. I'm not going to flash anything of me, thankfully. But it's going to be a snapshot of this player and his statistics. Now, here's the thing. You're going to have to look at this for 10 seconds. 10 okay. seconds, this will be up. And then I'm going to put it back on us, and then I will go and give you clues. Okay. After a certain amount of time... I'm then going to expand that graphic out even more to see more clues. <laughs> okay. That's what we're going to do this. here, okay? So we can look at it when it for flashes ten, up. For 10 seconds. All right, okay. so I'm going to count down from three. Don't and for 10 up. seconds, you can look at this. So for three, okay. two, one, countdown's on. Okay. Uh, this is tough for the audio audience, but yeah, sorry, it audience. looks like this player has played about... 14 or 15 seasons. Yeah, that's a guy that, that, that's a durable dude. Games played, bunch of 16s, which, of course, was the maximum amount of games played. So we're talking about a durable defensive player. 
Yeah, I do realize that this is very video heavy, so our podcast audience, I'll try to explain yeah. a little bit here. Yeah, so this is where this disrespect this for is, our no, 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 hold audio. On, and nobody on. consulted here, any dude. of the people hold on, on the show about this. Yeah, no, like, this, no was, no this was just ignoring ex- half the like, audience. Hold on here. This was an executive decision made by the executive producer. You saw a snapshot of these guys' statistics, and now you don't see them again. Did you write yep. down anything? Did you see anything? I did. I okay. took two notes. Okay, cool. I, just did. Okay, I know. Cool. I think I. I think I know a lot about this player. With that, this is good. This is okay. Good. I think I have an edge on Judd right now because I think my young eyesight's better than his. So for Look at our those bifocals, he's wearing. Yeah. For God's sake. What's going on over? What's going on? What are you guys doing? All right. So for our audio audience, we'll start with the traditional clues now. This random Viking of the week played in 195 games. 195 NFL games. Mm-hmm. So random Viking of the week was undrafted. Oh, my guess is already out the window. Undrafted. Oh, boy. The sacks weren't right that big. Okay. It's random Viking of the week. Played college football at San Diego State. Robert Griffith. Mm, Holy yeah. crap. That's really good. I was sniffing around, too. I had I, It was a cornerback or a safety who played yep. over 15 years, and yep. nice job, dude. Thank you. Wow. Thank you we didn't even get to the second part of Declan's clues experiment. <laughs> Can you zoom out? What would the zoom out have looked like? Was it including teams? Okay. So this would include not, all the but teams. But not years. Okay. Not years, so, yeah. So it has the numbers you can see on the left or right on the YouTube audience, and I'll explain for the audio audience. That has the team names, and then the <laughs> position, and then the number of games played. There's some, even some statistics on the right side, like he was a two-time All-Pro. He won a Pro Bowler, uh, or he was a Pro Bowler, et cetera. So, yes. I love it. Man, he played for the Vikes for a long time, and then you had Cleveland and the Arizona. Wow, just a hell of a player. I didn't get to, I didn't get to this clue, which I should have just probably led with. Uh, he modeled for Sports Illustrated for Women in 2000. Oh, oh, he was a, a good-looking guy, guy, man. Yeah. We lost X. Good-looking guy. We're having this a great. Is, this has really been a. Here. Yeah. This has really Ridicule. been a flame out of. Uh, <laughs> I jacked off, and I don't don't know why. Oh man! Well, we should probably end the episode before uh, somebody gets lit on fire. You're by next, Mackie. Here, I know. I know. You're next. You've dodged it. Declan has <laughs> got me. It got Dex. It got Doogie. It got Royski. We are creeping our way to a Vikings Giants playoff game on Sunday. If you missed the trenches with Boone breakdown, all the film you can eat, you can check that out on the Purple Daily podcast feed. But the YouTube channel is going to be a better visual for you. How, how much film can one eat? We went over nine different plays. Well, nine dude, that's so different awesome. plays. And I love the fact, though, that, that he's on the tight end train. Yeah, you guys are thinking alike. the tight ends. Two of the greatest something? to ever play the game, Judd and Alex Boone. Different games you guys are playing. I was going to say, what game am I playing? The game of couch? <laughs> something like that, yep. All right, Feedback Friday tomorrow here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment.